0: This is Food First Michigan on 760 WJR, sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for listening. A small group of people can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has, said Margaret Mead, who also said... Remember, you are absolutely unique, just like everyone else. I talk a good bit about the theme of having one handful of life here on the show. It's a guiding principle for me. It keeps me focused, not just on success, but also significance. I want to make sure I'm involved in something that is bigger than I am and that will last longer than I do. This principle has carried me across the globe in pursuit of making life better for other people and now has me rooted here in Michigan with the Food Bank Council, striving to create opportunities to ensure no child, senior, or anyone in between struggles with not having enough access to the right kind of food for themselves and their family. One of the most poignant lessons I've learned Along this journey, has been that nothing of significance is ever accomplished alone. I like to remind myself that one is too small of a number to multiply. That is why, when people walk across the threshold of our lives and express a willingness to partner with us in this grand mission of creating a food secure state, we are humbled and excited. Today is no different. It is very exciting to welcome to the show for the first time the new CEO of Forgotten Harvest, Adrian Lewis. Adrian has been on the job, and what an incredible joy it is to have Adrian join Jerry and me. It's the Adrian Lewis story here on this edition of Food First Michigan. everyone. As promised, Jerry Brisson joins me in our WJR studio. Jerry, great to see you. Quick word of greeting.
1: You know, the most difficult thing for me today is going to be to not use as many superlatives about Adrian as I would like to. Okay. He is that good. I'm just saying.
0: Well, that's true. But it's my privilege to introduce to all of you, Adrian Lewis, the new CEO and president at Forgotten Harvest. Adrian,
2: Man, it is great to have you in the studio. And I'm just totally honored. I mean, uh, your listeners are very familiar with the two of you, but to be in the same room, uh, to be able to just witness all this greatness is good. Uh, I've just really enjoyed uh, the fact that I'm I, I was asked to be on the show Uh, just having that but to be here is an honor and I'm looking forward to conversating with you guys and uh, giving your listeners some some real intimate details about myself and uh, about what my passions are so i'm glad to be here that's here great we go! Whom, i can hear the engine yeah. Whom, whom, yeah. Whom, whom. Well, yeah, yeah. well let me you know I, I probably used the wrong word about intimate though i, I guess I, I would say that. that's all I, right I, I would probably replace that with vulnerable
0: yeah yeah that's okay that works well
2: Let's that's why fair. we have mr blackwell our yeah. producer yeah. to yeah. help with those uh
0: which he has to do with me you hey. know um uh, <laughs> quite often adrian lewis um you have come to forgotten harvest and to this great mission of creating a food secure state. You are a member of the board of directors for the Food Bank Council. Uh, I guess that kind of makes you and Jerry like my boss, although I don't like to highlight that point too often. Um, <laughs> We're only you, your no, boss no, when ab- you succeed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: yeah, no, no abuse of power here. So, but tell us, uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. I know you've had a storied career at Meyer uh, and it seems to have been the right Mm-hmm. the rights, right? Yeah, Absolutely. to get you ready for this great work that you're doing at Forgotten Harvest.
2: Yes, yes. And, and you know, also, in addition to that feel I I've, I always preface it by saying I, I've had, um, I, I would say, the honor and the privilege to not only work for great companies such as Meyer, uh, but it all started, you know, back in my hometown of Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. where I was um working for a family-owned company much similar to Meyer Cecil's and which was soon thereafter um, acquisition by Albertsons which is oh, another yeah. great company and from there it was right a pharmacy who was near and dear to my heart as well uh, but each of those uh, those companies uh, as I look back I didn't me may, may, maybe not have realized it as I was with them but they allowed me to really express, what the community meant, meant to me as well as be part of the community. Mm. And uh, that's that was distinctive as I was reflecting back to getting to this point. But um, uh, certainly, you're right, I, I have had some great, great work experiences, uh, but also very ob- observative to uh, what the community needs are along the way. And having that honor of working in many different types of communities whether it be the, uh, the urban community in which I come from, but also those affluent and rural and suburban mm-hmm. communities as well. Right. So being able to work, live, lead in those communities has been been great to be able to help with the need.
1: So we have seen you in action, right? So we know some things about you. Okay. You know, we, we know you're incredibly thoughtful. You're a very patient person. You're very disciplined and deliberate about the things you do. And when you get focused... You zero in and get it done. So what are those experiences that made you that way? How did you become all those great things?
2: That's a great question, Jerry. And I got to say, you, you're dead on. Um, I, I I think focus is important. And that's something that was taught to me at an early age. Um, I got to say, I'm very, very close uh, to my family. Um, myself, I was... Uh, the first child of uh, of my mother and father, but also the first grandchild of my grandparents on both sides, right? Uh, and I was conceived my last, my mother's last year of high school. And I'm getting to the focus part because there's an obligation back then to be able to not only represent your family, but be able to be deliberate about no matter what, going out into the world and uh, do all you can to make it better. And that's what my grandparents were able to do for my mom and dad, although, you know, some may have looked at it as though they had they made a mistake by having a child at an early age. But my families looked at it as though there was a purpose and they're making me uh, holding me accountable for living out that purpose. And I again, those reflections that I was sharing earlier, it, it allowed that. Um, even to the point that I, re- I've, I now recognize what urban gardens were back then, because <laughs> I, I've, I've share the story that my uh, paternal grandparents had a, a, I mean, their entire backyard back then was, was a garden, and it was open to neighbors, which, again, is the community. Right. Uh, yeah. And um, I can't yeah. say that they could come over there anytime they wanted to, but with permission, they were able to, often go and, and and we would supply the garden, and I was there with that focus to be able to do that that role. Do you remember what they grew in the garden? Yeah, yeah, easily. Uh, you know, you, you're talking south, so you had to have some juicy red tomatoes, uh, right. some cucumbers, um, yellow squash, zucchini squash. Um, I learned what eggplant were, you know, mm-hmm. and, of course, then you get to the preserving of all of those and you're able to pickle them. And okra. Oak okra, Oak Okra and tomato. Yeah, yeah. Fried okra and tomato. Fresh corn, of course.
0: Well, in so, the, in the South, you know, Jerry, we we fry our vegetables. That's
2: <laughs> right. That's right. You you, you, you you cut that corn off the cob. There, you scrape it off and you fry it, or whatever it may be. Fresh green. Don't get me. I I know I can get on a tangent about about the fresh fruits and vegetables, which again stuck into my veins even as I got my first job at, at a grocery store Cecil's, which later became Albertson's, um, worked my way through it and became the produce manager hmm. at age 19. Uh, so understanding that and already being able to carry on that experience that I learned throughout my childhood as to how perishable and also a sense of urgency and focus on getting those vegetables sold and put into the right hands. You know,
1: uh, I was privileged to volunteer at Forgotten Harvest in, not that long ago. There was a call out, right? And Hey, and, I threw an audible that day, didn't so I? You did. I'm
2: not afraid. <laughs> <You> know, but <laughs> you it, know. Was,
1: it was when you see the work. Right, and you see the product coming through there, and you see the quality of it, and you see what you have to do to maintain that quality. I mean, I have to say, starting all the way back to your grandparents' garden, yeah, you know what quality looks like, you know what it smells like, Absolutely. right? Because Absolutely. that's your first indicator, right? Absolutely. But uh, but you also know how to care for it, right? And care about it, and so uh, so I was impressed. Uh, with the Thank operation you. when Thank I was you. there recently uh, but uh, but I have to say everything that you've just talked about shows in the way you're managing that business over at Forgotten Harvest.
2: Thank you sir and I'd be remiss if I didn't say you know all of that's. it's easier when you have a great team and sure. I, I will acknowledge there's a great team over there that knows um, its resources and you know Jerry and and, and a couple others uh, what he's referencing is you know there was uh there was a challenge for some volunteers uh during that time and to have a peer to to step up on a saturday that is jerry worked on a saturday make note of that <laughs> uh, well just yeah. even jerry worked would probably be a worthy note but, uh, he, he, he's leaving off that he also brought members of his teams uh, and it was a great team building for him i would imagine but more especially it showed our unified front that we're definitely connected at the hip as it, you know as it relates to fighting hunger Well,
0: we community. definitely want to talk about that later in the show But my job is to get us out of this segment so we can get to the next segment okay. so we can talk more about how you guys uh, Really work to serve the community as 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 one organization that that is dedicated but I also, as we end this segment with you, Adrian, and and look forward to the next one, I have to note that you just have recently finished an executive MBA from the historic Howard University in Washington, D.C., so congratulations. You know?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a chant from uh, any alumni or student at, uh, at Howard University. Um, I can tell you a big part of... Of what you're able to experience through, you know, through that through that great university is is the importance of service. Yes. Uh, so reinforcing that, um, but more especially uh, knowing uh, your resources and how to nurture relationships and partnerships is a big part of that. Uh, and um, of course, you know, I, I was there for purpose of uh, obtaining an executive MBA, so that whole business acumen in our spaces is, is necessary as well. Uh, so, um, oh. I'm, I'm definitely honored to be part of.
0: Well, we can tell community. after just one segment with you and all of our interactions with you at the Food Bank Council that Forgotten Harvest has hit the home run, having Adrian Lewis as their new CEO and president. Adrian, Jerry, and myself, Dr. Phil, we'll be back with you in just a moment. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome back, everyone! Thanks for joining us, Adrian Lewis, our new CEO and president at Forgotten Harvest. Jerry Brisson, myself, Dr. Phil Knight. Adrian, from the big start starting day at Forgotten Harvest till today,
2: how long's it been? Approximately eight months. Wow. Yeah. We I was thinking 6 11, almost, earlier almost but almost 9 it's, almost 9. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. It's been an awesome journey. Um, really good transition in terms of you know, uh the approach of getting to know your team observing but more especially getting to know the scope of the need uh is is just as alarming uh but it also uh I would say self-pressured and and feel you helped me early on in that journey. Uh, A best way to describing that is to say that you're overwhelmed with opportunity, right? Every Uh, day. (laughs) And uh, once I realized that was the feeling, it it becomes, okay, how do you now help yourself to prioritize that low-hanging fruit, as I would call it? Yeah. Um, But what I would say to, to sum all of that up, this transition has been great. It definitely um, one that describes me l- leading with purpose. Yeah. Total purpose uh, and that gratifying feeling of going home, knowing that you made a, a great impact. is, is important.
0: So uh, let me let me roll back and take my shot at getting a great question okay. out here. Since right.
2: Jerry scores
0: all those points for those <laughs> of you keeping score at home. Uh, <laughs> so I'm I'm reading your bio. Okay and it, you you talked about your coming up in in Memphis and your career path all the way through Alberson's and then Meyer uh, the the leader Rite aid all, the the leadership position you held at Meyer mm-hmm. um was was a big was a huge responsibility mm-hmm. um and one of the things I'm seeing is you 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 helped build the team or you built the team for Meyer's first super center in the city of Detroit at Woodward and 8 Mile. Um, so it looks like your career path is corporate and it's it has a great trajectory. Mm-hmm. What was the catalyst mm. to leave this rocket ship <laughs> of a corporate career and take your one handful of life and decide to invest it in forgotten harvest and this shared mission we have of creating food security
2: that's a great question Phil yeah you know and uh it's definitely a common question um but it's 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 an easy it's an easy easy question for me to answer as it relates to uh you just described my bio and, and and as as I get to the point um of 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 leading not only teams but in many aspects a, a few thousand members of all on my team right. right you look at you know you're leading in the atmosphere of business which is um something that's really necessary in every aspect. Then you look at, yes, I can show many people how to make a profit mm-hmm. and how to continue with uh, helping others' careers grow. Uh, but to get that opportunity, and, and when the recruiter reached out to me and described what that opportunity was, to it becomes not just about ladder climbing anymore, although that was just, I mean, the CEO role could be considered in a, a ladder climb, right? Yeah. But what was most appealing is the the, the opportunity to make a, even a greater impact. Uh, and you, you know, I can go and build many more stores, but it would feel the same. I can go right. and, you know, be promoted to another level. It would still be the same in the, in the business for-profit sector. Right. But when you can truly impact something that's greater than you mm-hmm. uh, and knowing how it relates to uh the feelings that you felt you know one of the things we didn't talk about uh in the first segment of how I've despite having that garden access that mm-hmm. there still was uh, some food insecurity moments right sure there still was I I can my parents may not have allowed me to see most of that in grandparents but if I can I could see it. I could feel it, right? So to be able to help in that aspect and already understanding uh, the the, the reputation of Forgotten Harvest because there were partnerships already within the retail um, uh, community. Uh, So to to be able to take that to a higher level or expanded level, uh, that's a challenge that I just didn't foresee coming in the current environment. Well,
0: it's pretty exciting for us, I think, to say that we can see the trajectory of success that you were on, and then to take that and everything you learned and how it's molded, as Jerry talked about in the first segment with you, and to trade that in for the pursuit of not only success, but also significance. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a pretty powerful story to tell. Thank you. Jerry?
1: You know, uh, Forgotten Harvest, which has been around a long time, has grown tremendously in that amount of time, Uh, built a new, uh, you know, distribution center and headquarters right on Eight Mile Road. Um, There's so much to build from. Mm -hmm. So when you think about what you have to build from, what what do you dream about? What are the things that you go, you know what, from here, I think we can go
2: here. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, 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 you know, many of your experiences, you can, if you're if you're doing something long enough, whether it be leading people, or leading uh, initiatives. In this case, I'm leading a mission. I can still reflect back on a point in my career that it's still similar, right? And now I get a chance to be in the moment uh, and live through it versus execution piece after execution piece. I can truly relish a little bit more of that. That 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 moment and um as you mentioned i led that charge of opening the very first meyer location on eight mile and woodward uh at the time food desert you know at the time um you know i was given the opportunity to hire and interview over 500 people to become part of the team um i i was in the moment i knew that those were tasked at that point you know and i was all in, now I get a chance probably to reduce some of those building moments, but definitely be all in to make sure I can even uh, have those aside me uh, to to learn along the way as well. Because it's about succession planning. It's about this work that we're doing. Uh, we know it's going to exist uh, for a while. Uh, so now I get a chance to lead with purpose and, and also make sure not only the community uh, is, is, is benefiting, but also those that are within my span of care on campus, that they're learning and they're growing and they're inspired uh, to continue in that aspect.
1: So tell us a little bit more about what it is specifically the Forgotten Harvest does every day.
2: Yeah, yeah. Now you're gonna make that's. I almost said that's a great question, but uh, (laughs) but but, average, (laughs) average. Um, But but I'm always pleased to to say that what we do every single day. We have over 30 trucks on the road um, out there visiting over you know donor partners, which consist of you know over 500 donors, close to 600 donors that we're rescuing food. Right, you know, many of our fresh fruits and vegetables and uh, perishable proteins; uh, those are collected in a manner, and in some cases, brought back to our facility, and where which we're focused on that equitable distribution throughout a pantry, a um, pantry uh, partners, and um, we make sure that that happens. We make sure that that happens every day. Um, uh, again, you know, being able to rescue. And, and distribute over forty million pounds last year last fiscal year is, is a lot to do um, it's it's significant and and we do it we do it with a purpose we do it knowing uh, the impact uh, I was on a driver ride along uh, a week ago and to be able to see um, those relationships and see how those drivers are and we also have. A segment of our drivers to harvest heroes that do it in their personal cars. So every yeah. day we are—that's pretty uh, cool. We're definitely uh, rescuing those foods from retailers, manufacturers, uh, and also uh, some of the food venues and uh, whether it be Oof. arenas and all. food
0: rescue is a part of our story. We don't tell it loud enough, in my estimation, because it it serves the community. But it also, you know, in a macro level, serves serves the planet. That's right. And, That's uh, right.
2: And I think that can definitely speak on its own as well. Based yeah, on I, I think
0: it's important part of our message. We're going to continue our time with Adrian Lewis, CEO and President at Forgotten Harvest. Jerry and I join him back in just a moment. Don't go far; we're right here. Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for listening. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight, here with our super special guest, Adrian Lewis, the CEO and president for Forgotten Harvest. And uh, Adrian, um, it is changing constantly, is it not? I it mean, is. The, the need is fluctuating because of a variety of reasons, but I understand from many people in our network that that the numbers of people coming to the pantries and to the distributions now rival what was happening during the pandemic. Is that the case at, at Forgotten Harvest? And-
2: it is, it is not only the case at Forgotten Harvest, but many of my other peers within the group were noticing, uh, when I say within the group, within the network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're, we're just noticing that there's a, a downward uh, trend in volunteerism. and. Of course, we all know if, you know, Jerry's a math expert, but Jerry would probably say if there's a, a downward trend in volunteerism, but yet our need continues to increase, right? Mm. So that's just fundamentally, we have to do something about that, right? And um, certainly, um, I would like to say that volunteer experience is, 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 is something of a good focus point in my organization. Um but also there has to be uh in in my opinion when you you know you and I have talked about first set of eyes right right in my opinion um there has to be a sustained appeal for our younger generation to want to um, be 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 active in volunteerism
0: to invest a part of their life exactly. in in giving back. Jerry, you've taught me a lot of things, but uh, one thing is that volunteers come from two primary places. One would be senior citizens, and the other would be companies, corporations.
1: And I would add schools, Mm -hmm. (laughs) although schools since the pandemic have been one area that hasn't come back. But historically, schools have been very supportive with volunteers. But let's just break down this whole idea, right? All it costs is a couple hours. Mm -hmm. That's it. You make a few hours available and you can make a huge difference. And food banks forever have needed volunteers. And the, the economic value of those volunteers uh, adds up. Right. It adds up to the point where I know at times we've had enough volunteers to be the equivalent of 20 or 30 full-time staff people in the course of a year. That's right. Right. And so that's a huge impact. That's a huge impact. And to volunteer takes a couple hours. And what do you get out of it, right? You get a great feeling you get to work with people who you can admire and who will admire you for your sacrifice, That's which right. is which is another amazing thing everybody should do. If you bring your kids, it allows you to teach your kids mm-hmm. about what life is like for people that are different than you, right? Absolutely. And, and those lessons are so important. I mean, there's so many great reasons to volunteer. And I think, like you said, we need to keep that appeal going because yeah. if you only knew, right? It's a it's an amazing experience, and having been at Forgotten Harvest as a volunteer, I will tell you, I had an amazing experience.
2: That's what it's all about, right? I mean, there's many lessons, but also the fun and companionship, but more especially uh, the, the the gratitude that you leave there, knowing that you've had a, had a great impact. You mentioned corporations. Um, we are seeing, uh, I wouldn't say a decrease, but definitely we flatlined in, in our corporations. And, and there's there's definitely an appeal out there for our corporations to remind them how important it is to be able to contribute to such a, a I guess, profound need uh, within our community. And uh, for those that, that have thought about it and are still thinking about it, I would just encourage them to just It's the right thing to do. There's no downside on it, right? It's just the right thing to do. Um, And and most employers and and employees, uh, they're willing, but in their mindset, you know, it's how do you find time? You don't find time. You make time.
1: That's exactly right. We got to tell people,
2: if you want to volunteer, what do you have to do? Well, at at Forgotten Harvest, please go to our website, www.forgottenharvest.org. And there's many examples of, of ways to volunteer, whether it be on our campus or at any of our partner donation sites. Uh, I look forward to seeing and hearing from more people uh, to do so.
1: So ForgottenHarvest.org,
2: that's a great place to look.
1: If you're listening from not the Detroit area, um, you can go to the Food Bank Council of Michigan's website and it will guide you to your local food bank where you can volunteer. So that's FBC dot .org. So ForgottenHarvest.org if you're in Southeast Michigan, dot if you're anywhere else.
0: Yep, and and I think that one of the things that is important to bring out here about the value of volunteers, Jerry, you said somewhere between the equivalent of 20 to 30 full-time staff. So why is that important to you? I mean, both of y'all are businesses. You know the cost of distributing food absolutely you know this is one of the markers that keeps that cost low for the community
2: it it definitely allows um, our business model to be sustained especially if we're delivering uh, fresh nutritious foods free of charge to our communities that definitely helps with that aspect
0: right and and would be how much would that food cost for the community if, if the organization or the community itself, I mean, if, how do you calculate that? Yeah, it's,
2: I I would say hundreds of millions. Right. Um, if, if if not that. So, so if you
0: want to have hundreds of millions worth of impact, go to ForgottenHarvest.org, org, and you'll find all of our seven Feeding America food banks listed there. And they have a pantry network we do across the entire state that needs volunteers as well, almost 3,000. And that allows us to serve every county in Michigan, which is 83. So, so volunteerism, super important. Um, I, I, and I would, I would say this about it too. Follow these food banks on social media. Follow Forgotten Harvest. Follow Gleaners. Follow Food Bank of Eastern Michigan, Greater Lansing, South Michigan, Feeding America West Michigan, and food gatherers. Follow them all. To, to find those opportunities and engagement.
1: And there it is, right? I mean, it's the holiday season, so uh, a good time to be talking about this. A lot of people want to volunteer during the holiday season. It's a great place to get that done. Aren't people hungry in March? <laughs> Without a doubt, right? We need help all year long. We need help all year long. But if you've never volunteered before, do it during the holidays. That's great. Then learn how great it is and do it again in March,
2: right? (laughs) Right? I
1: mean, that's the ideal. Do it a few times a year. You're going to love
2: it. You guys said it best, all year round. But the holidays, there's something about the holidays that makes it special in terms of the cheers and the decorations and the bells. And, you know, it it, it is a a, a feeling that's different from all year Mm -hmm. for the volunteers. But those that are in need, that are hungry... That feeling is always there, every day, every day of the year, because that just it happens. That food insecurity has no month. Uh, it has no faith.
0: Well, Adrian, let's give you the last uh, last uh, word here on this segment. Um, you are the uh, new CEO and president at Forgotten Harvest. You have a rich uh, background of success and and as well as significance. And um, and so as as that new CEO, as the fresh eyes on this work, what's the words of wisdom that you have for the community and for the folks who wanna come alongside of us in this shared mission?
2: Uh, thank you for that. Um, and what first thing that comes to, to mind is the importance of collaboration and listening uh, to our collaborative partners, but more especially to those that are in need. Uh, many times the answers to How we can be of more impact is by just listening to those that are closest to the problem. Hmm. And um, I think that that's definitely something um, I've gained a tremendous amount of insight just by being a a better listener every day of my life. Uh, So uh, I would say collaboration and let's listen to one another so that we can help one another.
0: Adrian, thanks for being with us. Okay. Appreciate you. Not the last time definitely not the last time. All right. Jerry and I will be back to wrap up this show. Thanks, Jerry.
2: Thanks, Dr. Phil.
0: You're welcome. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for being with us, Jerry. uh, Adrian Lewis, the new Fresh Eyes CEO at Forgotten Harvest. And while we don't talk a lot specifically about gleaners or any individual food bank on this show, we do represent them all. And uh, we try to do that to the best of our ability. But when you have a shared service territory, in other words, two organizations that are a part of the same national organization serving the same geographical area, it makes for the opportunity for a unique and special relationship,
1: an important one, and I, you know, just to put that into context, you have a a food bank in uh, in Illinois that does the same amount of distribution as Forgotten Harvest and Gleaners combined, and the reason is because that food bank has all of the food rescue and all of the food banking all in one. Under one roof, so to speak. And in many places in the country, in most places, in fact, that is the case, right? Mm -hmm. In southeast Michigan, we have the privilege of two well run efficient organizations doing that work together even though we're separate from a organizational standpoint we both have our own uh, 501c3 and our own tax form to fill out and all that kind of stuff board of directors all that right and so and so you know there's people that speculate about whether it would be more efficient if it were just one and here's what i'm going to tell you I have worked with a lot of different people over the years. And uh, and Kirk Mays, who was the last president and CEO of Forgotten Harvest, and now Adrian Lewis, who is the current CEO and president of Forgotten Harvest, have both taught me a tremendous amount based on how they've spent their handful of life. And I don't know how you put a price tag on that, but I'm just going to say I am honored to work alongside them as a partner in this work. And as long as we are in lockstep with each other, I think we can get both efficient and the benefit of having several exceptional leaders doing this work together.
0: Well, let's talk. Put that a little further context. Why two organizations? Well, you know, this is a very organic movement. I would say, uh, food banking. It started very organically, um, and and this, and the thought that I'm coming to is this one: over forty percent of all the people in Michigan that are struggling with food insecurity live in Southeast Michigan. Right. That's right. So if you're going to have two organizations that are a part of the same national organization, but doing the work uniquely different from one another, I think Southeast Michigan is the place to do that because we have a great number of people here who need assistance and need us to come alongside of them.
1: And frankly, I'd stack our results against anybody. I mean, you know, and we look hard at this, right? How can we do more and better? We talk about it all the time on this show. So we're not we're not just about feeling good, right? We're about feeling good doing good and knowing that we're doing good, right? Yeah, well, to that point, I would say if there's someone who can move food
0: faster, cheaper, more effectively to people who need it across the state come on you're right that's right i'm happy to have that conversation yeah because you said on this show early early on years ago we don't care who solves food insecurity we just want it solved that's exactly right Spot
1: on, doctor. Spot on. So what do you, what, what's the last thought you have for our time with Adrian? You know, I would just say to, to anyone that ever gets a chance to spend time with Adrian, do it. He's a quality human being. He's a genuine soul. He's a smart guy. He is making a significant investment of his life right now to making our community a better place. I admire him. I appreciate him. And I can't say enough good things about him. Thanks, Jerry. Time for a little food for
0: thought. Edmund Burke, the legislator who led the fight against slavery in Great Britain, said after this historic measure passed the House of Commons, quote, the biggest mistake anyone ever makes is when they choose to do nothing because they believe they can only do a little. I hope this paralyzing thought isn't holding you back from doing something significant with your one handful of life. Get involved, volunteer, change your career path the way Adrian did. Because I don't think any of us should be held back from making a difference because we don't think we are enough. It really isn't a question of our ability. It is a question of our availability. Thanks for listening. Catch all of our shows at WJR.com or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And remember, it's Food First, folks. Food First. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and
2: by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.